I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. That scene after the the wreck, right? And we're all at the police station. Justin comes up to us and he goes, is anyone willing to put a piece of tissue in your nose? And I said, that's me. That's me. That's me, <laughs> Justin. Because because he wanted somebody to have a bloody nose, you know, with a tissue in it. I get to, I, I was smiling at the, at the lady, right? Smiling at the girl. And I've got blood in my teeth with the <laughs> tissue in it. And that's, that's Sean Boswell right there. And that's that's my favorite scene of Tokyo Drift. Ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you record in person or over video chat. Podcasting's podcasting. Welcome back to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga, full transcripts of which are available on EW.com. I'm Derek Lawrence, a.k.a. the guy who went as Dominic Toretto for two straight Halloweens. And as that icon once said, the most important thing in life will always be the people in this Zoom right here, right now. And for me, that's the Dom to my Letty, the Brian to my Mia, the Roman to my Tej, the Giselle to my Han, Chanel Berlin Johnson. Chanel, are you ready to drift into an episode all about the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? I am. And, you know, this is a movie that really, I'll be honest, like it kind of grew on me. Like I've always loved all the Fast movies. The other ones I loved out of the gate. And this one, of course, had to really find the love for it because it was like so different from the ones before it when it came out. But um, it's ama- it's got so many gems now and it's become so important to the franchise and I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, I hate the word cult because I feel like, and I, I could go on a rant that I will save uh, listeners from hearing, but about how everything now has a cult following, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tokyo Drift really felt like that. And mm-hmm. it was a slow momentum for the film. Um, and eventually, as you said, I think it might end up now being the most important film in this whole franchise for so many reasons yeah. um, that, you know, we'll get into on this episode. But uh, as a fresher for new listeners, you know, in case Bow Wow decided he wanted to tune in to this one for no uh, particular reason, uh, ahead of uh, June 25th release of F9, it's finally coming, we're binging yes. all of the Fast movies with the family themselves. We've already chatted with Vin Diesel and Ludacris, so you can go back and check those out. Um, but today, it's the new DK himself. And no, that doesn't stand for Donkey Kong. We've got <laughs> Lucas Black, a.k.a. Sean Boswell, on the show to talk about the third film, which, as we said, has had quite the journey uh, yes. since its release in 2006. But before we get into our chat with Lucas, who returns with the whole Tokyo Drift crew in F9, Chanel, what do people need to know about this film, which kind of served as the fast debut for so many people we love, including Lucas and director Justin Lin and Han himself, Sung King? Yeah, so I'll describe it as it was 
supposed to be the time. So it's all about the next generation. Like that's how they had envisioned it. We meet these new characters. Of course, the main one being Sean Boswell. He's sort of like our our uh, guide into what is was going to be sort of like the next phase of the franchise then. Um, he is kind of an amalgamation of like a teen, like a teenage amalgamation of Dom and Brian and that he's, you know, obsessed with cars and racing and is sort of getting in trouble and him and his mom have to move around a lot. They never actually say He's from Alabama, I don't think, in the movie, but clearly, you know, that's where Lucas is from. And uh, there is like that one shot of the Bama Boy screen name. So we'll take that. But, you know, they bounced around everywhere. Um, and, you know, when the movie starts, he's in a new high school. He gets in trouble pretty much immediately. And then he shipped off to Tokyo to live with his dad, uh, where he finds even more trouble because that's what he loves to do. <laughs> he loves cars and racing so much. But the key part of that is he's in introduced to drifting. Um, and so is the audience in a lot of ways. And that all, like he meets uh, Twinkie, who, of course, is Bow Wow, Nila. Uh, we are introduced to Han, Sung Kang, like amazing, amazing, amazing time for us. And you know, every time we revisit, it's awesome. And he's so cool. And then that all culminates in this big like race down a mountain, which is like insane. And we see like the introduction, Justin Lin's style of directing and the action, which is is important going forward too. Yeah, it's uh it's, it's like I said, it's quite the fast debut for, for Justin and for Sung and, and for Lucas. And you know, it's it's we're really excited that they're all back together for F9. Um so once our conversation with Lucas is done though, st do stay tuned because Chanel and I will hop back on and talk more Tokyo Drift and hand out a few awards. But as Han would say, who you choose to be around lets you know who you are. And so we're <laughs> thrilled to be around Lucas Black. So let's go to that chat now. This ain't no 10-second race, but we've got nothing but time to talk to Lucas Black, a.k.a. Sean Bond as well. Lucas, yep. welcome to our Binge of Fast and Furious. Oh, man, it's good to be here. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're so, super excited to talk Tokyo Drift. I mean, yeah. already a great film, but uh, I think it's even the legend has even grown uh, over the years. Um, but before we dive into it, um, what we've been having everyone do at the top of these, because, you know, Dominic Toretto once said, you know, nothing else matters for those 10 seconds or less. He's free. So how would you in 10 seconds summarize Tokyo Drift? Oh, man. Uh, exhilarating um, and burning lots of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that. It's perfect. That's right. Come on. Well, when you think back on the movie now, like, you know, someone mentions Tokyo Drift to you. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it a scene? Is it, I don't know, a day on set? Like, what do you think of first? Uh, well, you know, a line that gets uh, said to me a lot is, um, what does DK stand for? And, uh, you know, Sean, <laughs> Sean Boswell replies, Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, that's one of the first things I think of. and. Um, you know, that's 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 pretty cool to hear. Um, you know, when I go out, go out in town or on social media, you know, a lot of lot of text and people replying uh, that line. That's a good one. Yeah, I love yeah. that so much. You should have gotten like an unofficial sponsorship with Donkey Kong or something. I know. Know, maybe there's something. still an opportunity there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to we're going to dive into, you know, all the way into Tokyo Drift, but um I mean, what was your relationship with the fast films or those first two original ones like before 
Tokyo Drift. Were you a fan already or did you not really, you know, obviously, you know, they were came out not too long before, you know, Tokyo Drifted. So yes. did you have any relationship with them before? Yeah, absolutely. I watched them both and uh, and enjoyed them. You know, I was 24 when I did uh, Tokyo Drift. And so, um, you know, they came out in my early 20s. And, um, you know, yeah, they were films that were fun to watch. And then um, I know Tyrese has a line that um, my buddies and I would say a lot. He was like, hey, uh, it was it was at toward the end, I think. Um, he was looking at that mansion and he says, you got any food up in there? Because we hungry, <laughs> bro. <laughs> so, I love that line. So, the way he says hungry is perfection. Right. We hungry, bro. And so, uh, <laughs> so that was a line, you know, that we, that we used a lot, a lot of my friends when, uh, you know, being out all day working out and, and, uh, we would, we would say that in the evenings, but Hey, you got any food? Cause we hungry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> So how did uh, Tokyo Drift, like, how were you first told about it? Like, how did that come into your life? Like, you must have been excited, too, being a fan of the other two movies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, my representation brought it to me and then, um, you know, read the script and was excited about it and, you know, was was really uh, intrigued that it was something different, different than the other two, you know, a different type of um, uh, style of racing. And then um, after talking to Justin Lin and just his vision for the film, uh, you know, it was exciting. You know, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it really, I didn't think about it as an actor, like being in a, being in a car movie, in a race car movie. But um, after getting the role and learning how to drift, going through the classes, they taught us how to drift like two weeks uh, before we started shooting, we would go to Irwindale Speedway and get, um, we had the best teachers in the world. All the drift champions, Reese Millen uh, was was my stunt double, but he was a drift champion uh, back in the early 2000s. So he taught me how to drift. So it was like a dream come true pretty much for a for 25-year-old male to be able to go out and learn how to drift uh just burn the tires down to the tread and burn the highest octane fuel i mean it was like jet fuel we were putting in these cars and uh and then at the end of the week i got a paycheck to do it so, <laughs> yeah. so man it was awesome it was awesome yeah I mean, can can you still drift? Do you still have it? Like it's been, you oh, know, what, man. 15 years. You-, you know, you know, um, we did a scene actually um, in the television show I was recently involved in and they had us, um, uh, they had a drift scene. They wrote one in for my character uh, where I'm chasing this suspect down and uh, I'm drifting through and um, an old parking garage just like where I first learned how to drift in Tokyo Drift. And so uh, I was like, yes, because my, my, my normal life, my home life, I had to basically I own a truck, right? That's what's in the driveway because the temptation is too strong not to try to drift out on the street, do something illegal, get caught, 
uh, by the cops. So, so I, I try to stay away from it in my, in my private life. But I was so excited, uh, when they wrote that scene for me. And, um, and it took me a while to get the feel back, you know, but, uh, once you get the feel back, kind of get the, you know, uh, uh, used to the car, the weight of the car and how it wants to spin and, and operate. Uh, I still got a little bit in me. I'm ready. I'm ready to drill. <laughs> there. Hey, we need to go. We need to go. Yeah. I think you even have uh, the scene at the end of it. You get to say like, Oh, still got it. Like, which is <laughs> That's perfect. Right. That's right. That wasn't written in the script. I added that. I was like, <laughs> Hey, hey, still got it. Still got it. You know? <laughs> Oh, I love that. What a great, what a great nod. Um, yes. What, um, what do you, re- what do you remember? I, I, you know, I talked to Chris Morgan a couple of years ago, um, you know, who the writer, this was his first, mm-hmm. you know, fast film. And obviously he went to write on, you know, all of them up until uh, nine. Um, he talked about, there's a lot of different forms that this project took. Like he said, his original pitch was actually Vin coming back and Dom going to Tokyo to, to revenge, a, to avenge a friend's death, which is kind of ends up, you know, down the road happening. Um, and then there was talk of maybe this was straight to DVD at one point, but then obviously it becomes a big release in theaters and does really well. I mean, what do you remember of maybe what the expectations for the film was and like how big, you know, you guys thought it was going to be? Well, I wasn't in any of those conversations, but, um, you know, I, I had high expectations. Um, as an actor, you know, I guess I was pretty confident, uh, still am. But so, um, at, while we were filming, you know, it felt like a, uh, a big budget project and a blockbuster hit to me. Um, so, but I pretty much just stay focused on, um, you know, what I'm supposed to do and, um, what the director wants out of me. And, um, and then whatever happens, whatever results happens after that, you know, that's, that's, um, that's not up to me, you know? So, uh, so that's pretty much where I, where I stand on that. You know, I'm just, uh, I go in with, with high enthusiasm and, and, um, try to do the best I can do and, uh, see what happens from there, you know? And so, you know, it was, um, it was a blessing to see and, um, and good to see that it was one of those, um, films that stood out, you know, uh, from the franchise, you know, it's, 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 that's what's so unique about Tokyo Drift. Um, you know, and I know, I know the, the, the movie and the stories of the saga has kind of, you know, changed throughout the years. Uh, and that's been a good thing, but, um, Tokyo Drift stands out different. You know, the fans remember that, uh, that one particular movie different than all the others you know and so i was i was proud of that when uh so we talked to sung already and he was talking about how like originally his character wasn't in it at all so when you saw the script and everything was it was han in there did you get to see like talk to him at all i kind of before things were finalized how did that exactly work like what was the timeline there uh well you know i don't really remember he his character was in there when i first got the script you know but um you know, I didn't I didn't know who was playing the character, um, you know, and then when song when we met um, on set and, uh, you know, he had that cool vibe, you know, and so I was like, this is going to this is going to go well, you know, and, um, you know, so it was fun man. we had fun with it. It was such a um, 
such a relaxed feel on Tokyo Drill. And I think that was from, uh, you know, the leadership of Justin Lin. Uh, he has a very calming uh, demeanor and way about him and how he directs and makes, uh, well, I want to say everyone, but it make, made all of us on Tokyo Drill feel comfortable. And um, and I know Sung Kang thinks the same thing, uh, same way, because uh, we talk about it. And um, that was that was fun to be able to, uh, you know, reunite um, on this last project, Fast Nine, um, you know, because it was kind of like a, a reunion for all of us uh, that was involved in Tokyo Drift. And so we got to reminisce about the good old days of Tokyo Drift and talk about <laughs> where we are now as in our adult lives. So um, it was a good time. What was it like uh, filming in Tokyo? Like it was obviously a culture shock for for Sean. Was it a bit of the the save for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I grew up in uh in a small rural Alabama, pretty much small town, and um, you know, so never been to Japan, but um, you know, it was awesome. Like the first two weeks, um, I love food, and so I was eating all the authentic, you know, Japanese food and. And I don't mind sushi, so I'm like, all these sushi places we're going to, they have conveyor belts, right, with different color uh, plates, and you just you just stack the plates up as you're eating, and they and they charge you by the color of the plates. And so I ate tons and tons and tons of sushi till I got tired of it. But after about two weeks, I was craving the American food, like. Where where can I find some <laughs> some uh you know Western culture food? So um um but yeah it was it was a it was a shell uh shock, you know, culture shock. Definitely. You you stand out when you go to Japan. I saw some uh like old like behind the scenes footage of you and uh Bow Wow Shad Moss, like are kind of around like the different areas that you guys filmed in. What was it like? kind of just hanging out and like getting to know each other as well. Like while you're, while you're both kind of experiencing a place that's probably pretty newer to, to both yeah. of you, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it was just, you, you soaking it all in. Like when I went to uh, Japan and Tokyo, you just kind of taking it all in. And, and um, the reason we were there was to shoot all of the exterior scenes, right? All the outside mm -hmm. Uh, shots that they wanted to capture, um, you know, Tokyo, the real city that you really can't duplicate over here in the States. So it was kind of like we got to do a lot of our sightseeing, um, while we were filming, you know, but we did, we yeah. did some on our own too. You know, we went to Mount Fuji, but, you know, um, Bow Wow, I remember that, you know, he was, I think, 19 at the time. And uh, so we played a lot of Madden football, right? During, <laughs> during our downtime, we in our trailer, we had we had the uh, the PlayStation rolling with uh, with Madden NFL football. So um, I remember that uh, vividly. We had some battles in the in the in the trailer. <laughs> yep. What um. What was it like filming the drive? You know, I, I doing some research. Like it seemed like maybe maybe you weren't 
subject to this, but at least on Justin's end, it seemed like it was kind of crazy having to set up, you know, some of these driving and chase sequences, you know, through, through Tokyo. I'm still, especially like Shibuya crossing is kind of like a big famous, you know, part of just Tokyo, but also the movie and the chase. So what was it like, uh, doing some of those long driving sequences through the, the crowded streets of Tokyo? Yes. Yes. Well, um, unfortunately I didn't get to do those personally, you know, but it, you know, it was crazy just to see how many people um, that cross that intersection daily. You know, we 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 filmed a scene that was up on the roof, that soccer scene where we're playing soccer. You know, we're looking yeah. out, Han oh, yeah. and and Sean's looking out, and it's kind of a uh, you know a life lesson moment for uh, for Sean. Why did you let me race with your car? You knew I was gonna wreck it. Why not? Because it's a lot of money. I have money. It's trust and character I need around me. Yeah, who you choose to be around you, let you know who you are. Your one car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of. That's a price I can live with. Look at all those people down there. Follow the rules for what? They're letting fear lead them. What happens if they don't? Life's simple. You make choices and you don't look back. I will say this. So they taught me how to drift. So I wanted to do it, right? While we were filming, I'm like, Justin. You got to let me drift, man. I know how to drift. I would go up to him and be like, just, just let me drift. Let me drift. He's like, no, no, you can't, you know, you can't do it. You can't do it on this scene. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And uh, so one day we're, we're filming in uh, downtown LA, I remember. And um, it was, um, it was Han's garage was in downtown LA. And so I take Justin, I'm like, Justin, come with me. He's like, where are we going? So I get him in the car and there's there was a spot um, where they parked 18 wheeler uh, trailers, tractor trailers, you know, and uh, I said, let's go. We're going drifting. So I took him to that spot and drifted <laughs> to show him because he had he was in the car. He's in the passenger seat to show him I knew how to drift. Right. And he's like, all right, Lucas. Whenever there's a, whenever there's a time, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when you can drift. And so <laughs> the scene where we're putting the Skyline engine in the Mustang, in the Shelby Mustang, and we're drift, we're practicing, right? We're tuning it. We're practicing for the big race at the end. We're going down, you know, we're uh, uh, going down that mountain practicing. Justin comes up to me. They had a, they had a, uh, a, a crane, a car, a car, one of the cars, but they had a, a a camera on the crane, but it was a fast car. So it, it's not like your normal, uh, regular setup on a, on a, on a movie. This was like a BMW with a crane and, and a, and a camera on it. And they were, I was following that, that, uh, camera. He comes up to me and says, Hey, now's your time. 
And that's all he said. That's all he said. And I'm like, yes, yes, you got it. You got it. So, um, so I got to do some drifting in that scene. And, uh, that was awesome. I was super excited about it because, uh, most of it was done with the second unit, you know, with the stunt coordinators and the, and the stunt directors. But, uh, but I got to do some, so I was super pumped that that Justin Justin <laughs> gave me the okay, and I got to drift a little, you know. Yeah, you, you talk about uh, Shibuya Crossing, and this this will tell you a lot about uh, my fast fandom. I went to Tokyo about two years ago, and and literally my first stop on my tour around, I went to Shibuya Crossing because I yeah. knew it from Tokyo Drift, and I took yes. I stood in the middle when they did the cross. I took yep. a picture. I was like, "This Sean drew drove right through here." That's uh, right. Come on. I was just, I, it felt like history. It felt like history. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I definitely did yep. something similar. Uh, my brother lived in Tokyo for a while working there. And it's, that was like the only place I knew I had to go. It was like, we got to go to Shibuya and then you can show me whatever you want. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you have a favorite scene? Look, thinking back on Tokyo Drift. Obviously, I'm sure there's so many, there's so many great ones. But like, is there one that yeah. sticks out to you as like a personal favorite? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's right after. It's at the very beginning of, of the movie when... Um, I have the car race with the uh, 68 Monte Carlo, which that car was a beast, by the way. It had a 500 big block engine with slicks on the back and a slapstick uh, gear shift. Literally, I could spin spin the tires in third gear going 60 miles an hour. But um, (laughs) wow! So that 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 scene after the the wreck, right? And we're all. at the police station, Justin comes up to us and he goes, is anyone willing to put a piece of tissue in your nose? And I said, that's me. That's me. That's me, <laughs> Justin. Because, because he wanted somebody to have a bloody nose, you know, with a tissue in it. So I, so I got the tissue in and, you know, um, I get to, I, I was smiling at the, at the lady, right? Smiling at the girl the police station and I've got blood in my teeth <laughs> with the <laughs> tissue in it. And that's, that's Sean Boswell right there. And that's, that's my favorite scene of Tokyo drift favorite moment right there. I, I love that that was where you went because literally in my notes, I wrote down, ask about the bloody smile because I love yep. it. Every time it Come comes on. up Come and it, the camera goes on you and you got the, the nosebleed going and then you just do the smile at her. It, it gets me every time. I, I love it. hearing that that was kind of an That's on it. the moment spot. That's too perfect. Yeah. Yep. It's such a great yep. like like character note too. That just yes. Yeah. Like you said, it just encompasses who Sean is. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, about that first race though at the construct- construction site, like we know that of course, like there's a lot of... Um, uh, like you said, the second unit has to go in, but it, that one seems to be shot pretty practically throughout for the most part. Like, did you get to be a little more involved in that one, even if you're not obviously not drifting it because you hadn't learned as a character? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so when they're filming in between the uh, the studs, you know, the rough framing of the of the new houses being built, you know, we had like two parallel roads while well, I was on one side. Right. And so going through it, you know. It's one of those things where um, you don't have to go extremely fast to look like you're going fast, mm. right? But yeah. but it was a narrow window, 
And so even if I'm going like 45 miles an hour, uh, you know, from the from zero to 45 is still pretty fast in that in that big 500 big block engine. So, uh, yeah, I got to do some of that um, while we were filming. But most of my driving was done when we weren't filming. <laughs> when, I, when I wasn't supposed to. All right. But that, because I remember I would take the filter off the carburetor of that car, that, that 68 Monte Carlo, and just open it up and it would just vibrate. I mean, the whole, so that, that, um, Subdivision was all under construction, all new houses being built, and it just rattled all of that wood, all of those studs. You could just hear. That's how loud it was. Like it was a race car, literally like a NASCAR, five hundred over five hundred horsepower. I mean, this thing was a beast, loud, and it would just blow the doors off of off of things. And so I did that off camera. <laughs> yeah, I um, I remember I remember sitting in the theater for Tokyo Drift, which I will say I remember it came out in, high, in when I was in high school, and you know, as kids do, you know, me and a bunch of friends go to the mall and then go to the movies, and we split up. Half of us went to see Tokyo Drift, half of us weirdly went to see the movie Cars, the animated. I I I like to say I'm on the right side of history. I went to see Tokyo Drift, um, and I remember sitting sitting in the theater, and at the end, when when Dom shows up you know, at the garage to race Sean, I was like, holy shit. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone was excited. So what's your reaction? You're a fan of those, you know, original movies. You know, I know that wasn't originally how you guys were going to end it, but it was like a cool thing that w- that you guys were able to add on before release. So when you hear, oh, we're bringing Vin back, like you're filming a scene with him to go at the end, like what was your reaction? Oh, man, um, I was excited. You know, and I remember when we were shooting that scene, you know, we had fun with it and uh, talked about it. And and then, you know, he's got his he's got his, uh, you know, left arm on the steering wheel. Right. He pulls up to my left and um, and we shoot the scene. We do it a couple takes, you know, and uh, he comes up to me and he's like. He, he, he may not want me telling you guys this, but he's like, <laughs> he goes. Man, he said, I got to go back to the trailer and stretch out my bicep. It's cramping up on me. Because <laughs> he, was, he was gripping it. You know, he's, he was gripping it tight, you know, for the camera to look, to look you know, cut up and flexed. And, uh, and so I was laughing, man. I was dying laughing. I was like, thank goodness he can, he can at least, you know, make fun of himself a little bit. You know, so that was. That was cool. That was cool to see. But um but yeah, it was exciting. You know, it brought it brought um uh excitement to think about the next project, right? The next the next movie or what was gonna happen uh after that race, you know. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't involved in four or I wasn't. I wasn't involved in four or five and six. They ended up, you know, you um using those as prequels to Tokyo Drift. Um but um but yeah man it was awesome. It was awesome to have him there and and see him and and um you know that was that was an exciting moment I think for the fans as well. You know this ain't no 10 second race. 
I got nothing but time. We've got to take a break, but we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now let's get back to the interview. So what was it like then when you do get the call, like, oh, in seven, we need to have this like connective tissue like happening for this story. And then uh, you come back for that. Did you already know also that they might want to, you know, bring Sean back again? Like, like you're back in nine, like, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. Well, you know, there was um, there was always talk of bringing my character back. And so, um, you know, when they called me for seven, you know, um, you just kind of want to know what that entails. Right. Um, You know, so so it was it was a small role. You know, it was more of like connecting the dots with Han, um, uh, which I think which I think was good and, you know, willing to do. but. you know, for me, I just want to know the plan for Sean Boswell and not to, not really just to be, you know, stuck in there. You know what I mean? And so um, I think I think the producers and writers and, and studio realized that the fans and I feel like uh, the fans really wanted to see uh, the Fast family and everyone that was involved the hero characters uh you know united or in the in the same uh you know uh picture in the same movie so um so i know everyone's been super excited about fast 9 and uh we get to reunite with um with everyone uh you know in the other movies the fast family and uh contribute in a big way to uh uh to the success at the end. I don't want to give it away, but that's, you know, and so um, that's cool, you know, and I think that's what everybody wanted the fans wanted to see. And so, uh, you know, they made it happen for Fast 9 and and, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. I, I love, you're almost like an, an Easter egg in the Fast 9 trailer. Like I was so, I remember watching it when they debuted and I was like losing my mind over so many things, you know? I was like, oh my God, wait, John's, John, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, oh my God, John <laughs> Cena is playing Dom's brother. Wait, what? And then Han comes back at the end and you're like, holy crap, what is going on here? And then like, it, I think someone mentioned to me, they're like, did you, did you see like Lucas Black? Like Sean's back. Did you see? I was like, wait, what? So like I went back and I was like, oh my God, like there he is. So it was like actually a super fun, like surprise after the fact that I, like I said, a little Easter egg. So I know everyone's excited to see more of that. Um, I, you know, we met, we mentioned kind of connecting, you know, the films and like now Tokyo Drift, I almost would say is like the most important film in the whole franchise just because of, you know, um, what it started and kind of what it meant for, you know, the characters. So like, what's it been like for you? I'm sure you get a lot of, you know, people, you know, talking to you about Tokyo Drift. Like it's, you know, it's kind of hit with a certain group where I think a lot of people, it's actually their favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, that means a lot, you know, um, just being a part of the Fast and Furious franchise, um, 
is incredible and, and a huge success for me. Um, so like I said earlier, to have uh, Tokyo Drift kind of be um, a standalone or different than all the other films, uh, you know, makes it unique. And, um, and you know, I think the fans liked it, uh, that it was a different style of racing. You know, and it was and it was about racing. You know, it was about uh, a skill, a skill set. And, um, you know, it's not it's not just an action or it's not it's not all about just an action fam. You know, it's a it's a racing movie. And so there was a lot of uh, appreciation for that. Um, you know, and so that's cool. You know, I. I, I you know, I appreciate that and thankful for that. And, um, you know, like you said, it kind of, it's, it's kind of has its own following. You know, I think a lot of the, a lot of the fans, uh, you know, they, they talk about that one, uh, a lot because it does stand out to them, you know, and, uh, it was filmed in Tokyo. And so, um, you know, that people were kind of intrigued by, uh, that and that city and, and Japan. And so it had that, that element to it as well. You know, a fish out of water, uh, a Southern boy that likes American muscle cars, you know, uh, learning how to drift and going to, going to Tokyo. You know, I think, uh, uh, a lot of people here in America, uh, you know, could, were just intrigued by that and like, and like seeing that dynamic. Yeah. Um, I, I, Kind of in the same vein, like you talked about it being like unique. One way that it always stands out to me is it's really the only movie in the in the whole franchise that's a coming of age story, right? So now coming back into the character, is it is it like sort of catching up again or like slipping back into it? Or, you know, because Sean's older now, like when when nine happens, did you have to sort of rethink how you approach the character a little bit at all? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Uh, it was definitely something that was on my mind. Because, um, yeah, like you said, uh, Sean Boswell is a lot older now. So um, there was there was that uh, level of, of maturity that Justin Lin and I talked about. Um, some of the life lessons that Han taught him. Uh, I wanted people to or I wanted uh, to play those in my character so that the audience could see it. Uh, but also still have that young spirit, uh, you know, that that excitement and 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 vibrance of being able to create uh, a race car because because Sean, Sean is Sean always was a mechanic and he liked to build his cars. And so in Fast 9, that's what I'm doing. And so uh, I wanted to keep that childlike spirit. Uh, when it pertained to the cars, building the cars and racing, but have a little bit more wisdom about life and, uh, and friendship. And so, um, you know, I hope, I hope that comes across, uh, in fast nine and, um, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, yeah, absolutely. We can't, uh, kind of getting toward the end here. We, you know, we always like to end with what we call the final lap, just kind of a round of, uh, speed questions, you know, about the fast universe. So let's say we could go back 
in Tokyo Drift, and you could add one other fast character into Tokyo Drift that's not in it currently, like, who would you want? Like, is there an actor or a character you would have loved to uh, have Sean come across in Tokyo Drift? Oh, man. Um, tough one. You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, Taj and, and, and Roman is so so funny to me. So I guess I guess Tyrese's character, you know. Uh, yeah, you, you know, could say the hungry line he make, at him. He you makes could, me could, laugh, uh, man. He makes me laugh. You know, and we we've worked together before, so uh so I guess I guess his character, yep. I love that. We like to think too about some of the staying on the characters, like what some of the people who we saw, like what they're doing now. Like have you thought about like what someone like Neela could be doing? In the future, like if you could envision anything for her, where mm-hmm. would she be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, I think a lot of the fans ask ask about her character too. But uh, you know, her character was was kind of detail oriented, uh, or well, she was kind of actually she was the field driver, right? So uh, you mm-hmm. could see her just uh, you know enjoying going out uh, drifting and kind of being on her own uh just enjoying drifting down a mountain somewhere uh in a private setting so um that's kind of that's kind of where i see neela you know um but yeah that's kind of cool to think about where all the characters are and where would they be a couple years ago i took on the task of deciding who in fast and furious is the fastest and furiousest if that's even a word, I think I might've made it up, Come on. but I, you know, yeah. So I put Sean, you know, so I did a top 10. I put, I put Sean at seven because I felt like he was right in the middle. Like he was fast, but obviously he slowed down, you know, with drifting. So that kind of docked his, his fast rating a little furious. He was pretty furious. I, I gave him a high yeah. score there. So what do you think? Right, do you on. think like Sean could use a reevaluation there? Do I need to move him up? Do you think he's faster and furiouser than, than You're I have? Definitely. Him? Going to reevaluate after you watch Fast Nine. Ooh. That's right. Oh. That's right. I think I, I think he's going to move up on the on the on the fastest scale uh, because ooh, of the type of, oh, the got, type of the type of car he builds. You know. Oh, that, that's what they call a tease <laughs> in the business. I love that. Um, yeah, come yeah. on. You know. You know. It's funny. It's funny because because. Um, you know, when I think about Sean Boswell in Tokyo Drill, there, there's really two different characters there that you see. The character in America and the character in Japan. There's a little bit of shift, right? He's into the American muscle fast. He's, he's furious, doesn't care about anything. You know what he's saying? He gets, a, you know, he gets attached has has a an uh, an attraction and affection for Neela, that love interest there, and it kind of and then he learns the feel uh, of yeah. drifting, kind of more of a a technique and feeling, and so it's like uh, looking like you're out of control but in control, and that takes a little bit of an emotional control, right? And so. Um, that that is unique about Sean's character in Tokyo Drift, right? Um, and so his American character, you would have to evaluate that a little different, right? Because he's up there on the yep. Fast and the Furious scale, <laughs> um, you know. So so that that's what's cool uh, about this character. 
Um, and I thought about Tokyo Drift. You kind of saw a shift um, in his perspective when he went to uh, Japan. Uh, but yeah, you want to you you might have to reevaluate after Fast Nine. I'm curious. I'm curious as how how Sean's going to change uh, from a seven. I think I think I might have to do that because Sung Sung said the same thing about his ranking. I think I had Han nine okay. just because Han doesn't seem yeah. very furious on the surface, but uh, Sung right. Sung disagreed a little bit, so he thinks there might need to be a, a redo on on nine too. So yeah, we'll have, we go. we'll have to go deep on that after. Um, there we go. What um. Yeah. Not specific to, to Fast and Furious, but in preparing for this, I had to think. I was like, "Is Lucas Black a sports movie Hall of Famer?" I, I started thinking because not only do we have Tokyo Drift, which I think you know, racing, you know, drifting, I think we're calling that a sport. I mean, Mike yeah. Winchell, Friday Night Lights, and okay. Pee Wee Reese, forty two. So, what yeah. do you think? I mean, do do you qualify? I, I think you do. I think you're you might need to be put in that sports movie Hall of Fame. Yep. And I played a uh, I played a golfer, a professional golfer in a golf movie, Seven Days in Utopia, too, with uh, Robert Duvall. So that's right. I got the football. Oh, that seals the deal. Base. That seals the deal. Come on, come on. Got the baseball, racing, <laughs> golf movie. Yeah, what is that? S four. Yeah, S four. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed. You know, I grew up uh, in Alabama playing sports, and I grew up outside. You know, playing outside wasn't indoors. And um, played baseball, basketball, football, and then I played golf my last two uh, years of high school. Um, you know, grew up hunting and fishing. And it amazed me, like, in my career, the skills that I learned as a child, I used, I used every one of them. Like, somebody asked me, they're like, man, what, what do you think, uh, you know, I should do to... to improve my skills as as an actor or like uh how can I be, you know become a better actor and uh and I said man I said really I said just just go and learn new skills because you never know when you're going to use them I mean I uh you know uh I learned how to drive boats being on the water uh you know we live next to Tennessee River and and uh and a lake and we'd go hunting and fishing and camping there and uh man I've driven boats in movies, uh, and even in current, by the way, and had to pull it up on the bank in current, but oh, um, wow. driven cars. And so I grew, so listen to this. So Tokyo Drift, I picked up drifting quick. Grant, I did have the best teacher in the world, so that's, that's, that's one of the reasons. But I grew up, my dad got me a go-kart, right? And we had, we had, we had about an acre and a half, two acres of land. So I had a dirt track. We built a dirt track. Basically, it was grass. It was lawn, but I had went in an oval so many times it became dirt. So really, <laughs> I learned how to drift when I was, when I was, before I was a teenager, right? When yeah. I was 10 years old, I learned how to drift a go kart in the backwoods of Alabama. And so, hey, all these skills I learned as a child, I was able to use use in uh in making these films and movies. It's just, it just blows me away when I look back on it. Yeah, that's incredible. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Lucas. I mean, thank you so much for joining us and uh, becoming a part of of the binge family and taking us through Tokyo Drift. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to you guys about it. Uh, it's always fun to talk about Tokyo Drift and uh, uh, 
you know, it's the fans love it too, man. So uh, that's awesome. Appreciate you guys. There's no wax on, wax off for drifting. Learn by doing it. The first drifters invented drifting out here in the mountains by feeling. So feel it. Thank you again to Lucas, who I think had as much fun as we did. Uh, and I and I don't know about you, Chanel, but I'm ready to go back to Tokyo after all this reminiscing. Yes, please. Um, it's become such like an important place in the sort of fast saga, the lore, the history of it. Um, so yeah, I, I I need to go to back to Tokyo as much as possible, actually, narratively and also in person. A hundred percent. I'm right there with you. Um, you know, so we covered a lot with Lucas, but there's so much more to discuss, and we're gonna do that by handing out some awards. You know, we we've talked about in the past episodes. Fast deserves some some awards love, so we're here to give that justice. Uh, Chanel, what's our first category today? We're starting once again with the one that's inspired by Brian. Um, as he says in the first Fast and Furious movie, if I win, I take the money and the respect to some people that's more important. Well, of course, he wins Dom, Dom's respect, so we get to decide who wins our respect. Um, I think we're probably agreed on this. Like it, it After that, it just has to be Lucas Black, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, props to him. He, like I said, he was a, a, a really fun interview and uh, was really into it. And I still, his uh, We Hungry uh, impersonation yeah. of Tyrese is is, is iconic. Yeah. Um, so if, in non-Lucas Black winners, I think we have to go with whoever had the idea to bring Vin back at the end as Don. Yeah. Because we should add that that was done after the movie was completed. They they mm-hmm. they were they were test screening it. They were ready to release the sucker in the world. And then someone, I hope we eventually get that information. Maybe when we talk to Justin Lin uh, for Fast Four, he'll have all the scoop there. But they decide, all right, let's do a reshoot. Let's see if we can get Vin back for this little tag at the end. And this is where Vin. I mean, Vin's had our respect. I mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. who who can have more respect uh, than Dominic Toretto himself? But <laughs> respect to Vin because he not only springs this cameo into the powerhouse that Fast has become now. You know, nine movies in, um, and all that's done for him. him. Mm-hmm. But instead of a paycheck on Tokyo Drift, he negotiated for the ownership rights to Riddick. Yes, um, which he then goes and makes another. Riddick movie. So, I mean, that's really living up to, you know, Jay-Z's famous words. I'm not a business man. I'm a business man. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's the definition right there of what Vin did. So, you know, respect to Vin, but most respect to whoever was like, we got to give Vin a call. We, we yeah. got to get him here try. at the end of Tokyo Drift because it's also such a great scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad, uh, you know, Lucas seemed to, to really enjoy getting to mix those worlds together when that opportunity came to him. Yeah, um, I love that we basically have to remember to thank Chronicles of Riddick in some way for fast continuing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, no comment on Riddick, but I'm glad it got us. <laughs> glad it got us to here. Um, next up, we've got the hey, this guy's in the movie. You know, we we love to shout out the people that aren't the main stars of these films, but who we look back and we're like, oh wow, they were in this. Whether that's they, maybe they were famous in their own right at the time, like Ted Levine in, in the first one, or they, you know, grew in popularity after that. And I think that's the direction we're going on this one. Yeah. And I, I mean, I said the title is, hey, this guy's in the movie. But, you know, hey, this woman is in the movie. 
And that's Amber Stevens West, right? Yes, yes. And it's probably of all of the cameos, maybe the smallest that we'll mention going through each of these movies because she doesn't really even have like a conversation with anybody. She plays cheerleader number one. So it's like very early in her career. And she's the person who starts the race at the beginning of the movie when the, the Shangri-La estates that's like being half built where uh, Sean first gets in trouble. And she like takes off her bra to throw it up. She doesn't have a flag or anything. It's like a wild cameo. And of course, she's gone on to be in the TV show Greek, which I love. Um, she had a recurring role in Criminal Minds for a few seasons and of course was in 22 Jump Street. So that's like someone at the time that nobody was checking for and that you could miss <laughs> if you watch this movie. When you go back, I was like, oh, right. I know her. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I love 22 Jump Street, I love Greek, and I've seen Tokyo Drift a million times, and I still, you, you're the one who notified me of this. I, 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 I never once was sitting through Tokyo Drift and was like, hey, Amber Stevens West, so I'm glad that next time when I do that, I will be able to, to scream that at my television, so thank you for that, Chanel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, we, we, the quote of the movie, there's, there's a lot of options on this one, so I'm going to throw a few nominees your way, Chanel, and then you can, mm -hmm. uh. You can decide. I'll, I'll give you that that power to decide the winner here. Um, so we have, uh, I mean, we have a lot of Han gems here. So we have, uh, come on, this ain't the Boy Scouts. This is what we do. Come on. It ain't the Boy Scouts. It's what we do. Another Han one here. I have money. It's trust and character I need around me. Who you choose to be around you lets you know who you are. One car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of. That's a price I can live with. I mean, I, I use that as the, you know, thro the throw to the Lucas interview. So, you know, I like that one. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Again, we have a, we have a Sean and Han uh, back and forth. What's the point of a race? See if I'm better than the other. Just cruise your faster. That's all. I mean, that's just wise words from Han. Gosh, I'm uh, so wise in this movie. <laughs> we, we, we got uh, two more. We got, uh, of course, and this is a, a favorite of, uh, of Lucas's. You know what DK stands for? Donkey, Donkey Kong? Kong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not <laughs> yeah. wrong. And then lastly, uh, we, we talked about Vin coming back at the end, and we have uh, Sean you know, saying, you know, this ain't no 10-second race, and Dom responding, I ain't got nothing but time. Yeah. So, where do, where, do you, where do you land, Chanel? I mean, the last one is pretty iconic because, of course, we talked about how important the cameo is, but I, you got to give it to, you know what DK stands for, Donkey Kong, like... Lucas loves that one. It's just, it's just a great line. <laughs> yeah, it's just great delivery too. I think you know a lot of these are really dependent on the delivery. Mm -hmm. in, in, in a lot of cases, like like we talk about the "we hungry" line from from Tyrese. It's like if you just say we, "we're hungry," yeah. "we hungry," like that doesn't really do it. It's it's how you deliver it, and, and Lucas <laughs> yeah. kind of really nails that. So so I'm right there with you. Um, what do we have up next? All right. So of course now we're going to which Oscar should have been nominated for um or really any award but we'll talk about the oscars so i feel like it's it's another one that's like pretty obvious you can't really give it to anyone else but sung kang like he comes in he's so good like so cool so smooth so wise as we've talked about and then we sort of get the background to that wisdom later but even at first i just trust him and i feel like that should have gotten way more recognition <laughs> justice for song that's what that's what i have to say so yes i totally agree even that first viewing where maybe I'll admit I wasn't in loves, you know, when I saw Tokyo Drift in the theater, I, I don't think I walked out and was like, man, that, that was, that was a classic, I, you know, I, I just being up front. So, but you do walk out being like, man, there was something about that guy. Like I've, yeah. I've never seen him before. I definitely hadn't seen better luck tomorrow at that point. 
And there was just some, this magnetism. And like you said, he was just so cool that mm-hmm. he, you couldn't help it, that him stick with you. So yeah, I agree. Sung Kang, best supporting actor. Uh, just to uh, take a quick look at the nominees to see maybe, you know, how we could have snuck him in. Um, this was a little bit of a controversial year. This is, you know, Eddie Murphy thought he was a lock for Dream Girls. Storms out right. when, he, when he loses to Alan Arkin for Little Miss Sunshine. I think both of those should stay. We have um, Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. Wild that the one person from The Departed nominated is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Uh, but it will, he, that might have been Mark Wahlberg's best performance of his career, maybe outside of Boogie Nights. So, I mean, True. I, I won't take that from him. Um, there are two where I think maybe some shit could have snuck in. Mm-hmm. Jackie Earl, Haley, Little Children. I'm just going to be up front. Never heard of it. So I'm just deciding. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm just deciding right there that Sung's sneaking in. I don't know. Maybe that's some incredible lost performance that I just threw out the window like it was nothing. But that I think that's the one. Or it's still wild that Blood Diving got two nomina- acting nominations. Uh, Jaimin Hansu, future fast star, and Leo yes. both get nominated. So he is good in, in uh, Jaimin is good in Blood Diamond. But that was kind of a weird film to get two two nominations. Of course, people will be like, Tokyo Drift is a weird film to get one Oscar nomination. <laughs> right, so right. fair point. But I just say it. I think I think there's a world we could have got that campaign going. So yeah. su- sung for sung for an Oscar for Fast Nine coming up in 2022. Let's start that campaign now. Please. I think that would be so great. Um yeah, I think I, the Blood Diamond one is especially surprising to me as much as I love Diamond Hansu. And like uh, Jackie Earl Haley was really like big at the time. But I, I agree that like the movie Little Children probably is not sticking in people's minds in the same way. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times. Just quick. The We Hungry Award has to go to Lucas Black. I mean, you, you guys heard him do his impersonation of Tyrese's <laughs> yeah. iconic line delivery in the interview. So uh, he's got to win it. I mean, honorable mention, right? Probably to Bow Wow for literally being named Twinkie. Twinkie, yeah, yeah. And we don't get it really an explanation for it, so maybe he does just love Twinkies. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things I kind of love that they didn't explain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some some things we don't need the backstory. Just his name's Twinkie, and I like not knowing. And now it's sort of like uh, with the Ramsey of like what is the real name there? <laughs> I would love to know. <laughs> Yeah, that that one I could I could use the answer on Twinkie, not as much. So mm, yeah. I won't classify that not us not knowing that as the jaw rule mistake of the week. No. Instead, the jaw rule mistake of the week goes to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. I I think I just mentioned it. I walked out of the theater. I wasn't I wasn't really, you know calling up my friends on my landline and telling them they had to go see uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I, I'll admit, I don't think I had a cell phone in 2006. So uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry if you guys did. But yeah, this is a movie that it's taken a while to for everyone to kind of come around on this. You know, even I, uh, a former colleague of ours, uh, Molly Smith, a couple years ago for one of the Tokyo Drift anniversaries, she literally wrote an, an in defense of Tokyo Drift. Oh, like nice. we were yeah. at, we were at the point where it's, she felt the need to defend Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're spending an hour plus just throwing praise on praise on it. So that yeah. just kind of shows you that evolution. Um, so I mean, do you think that's fair that that we? I mean, I hate to give ourselves an award, but I mean it's kind of negative. So I'll take it. <laughs> Our like version of the Razzie for ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like I. Definitely. It was a movie that I didn't hate. I, it's part of Fast. I really appreciated it. But at the same time, every time I would like 
push my friends to watch the franchise, I'd be like, but skip Tokyo Drift, at least for now. <laughs> Maybe come back to it later. Just because, you know, A, I wanted everybody to fall in love with the core of the Fast and Furious people. But then also, just like in comparison at the time, like it just it just didn't hold as much weight in my heart and stuff like that. Now it's become so important that I can look back on it with much more appreciation for it as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we've now seen, there's literally the Han death scene in Tokyo Drift, we've seen like five times in other movies. Yeah. So it's like uh, to- Tokyo Drift might have the longest runtime somehow at the end of the day <laughs> right. too. Wrapping up, we always end with this award because we know that winning's winning. So we have to pick the ultimate winner of Tokyo Drift. Chanel, where- where's your heart driving you to? I think we got to do a, a a co-winner one on this one, you know, because you can't, you can't really pull them apart. The Han character is tied to Justin Lin, the director. So I wouldn't say him and Sung Kang together. Sung Kang for the performance, obviously, and like making Han so dear to us in the Fast franchise. And then Justin Lin for, you know, bringing him into the franchise and keeping like taking this character from his other movie and um, starting him on this journey that probably went beyond, has now gone beyond either of their like imaginations. Yeah, I can, I can imagine they uh, were sitting there filming uh, Han's death in Tokyo Drift and being like, yep. In, in So we're going to actually come back to this in Fast 6. And <laughs> yeah. then in Fast 9, it'll be re- revealed that you're actually still alive. Yeah, I can't imagine they imagine that. Considering this was a movie that, you know, the expectations I don't think were super high, even for the people making it. Like this was mm-hmm. almost a direct-to-DVD at one point. Um, so no, I th- you're totally right. Co-winner, Sung King, Justin Lin. Um, I mean, Justin Lin now has kind of become one of the best action directors in film. And, you know, yeah. this, coming into this, he had done Better Luck Tomorrow, which was like definitely an indie darling and, you know, had a lot of fans. Annapolis was kind of like, you know, wasn't a huge movie. And, you know, Annapolis had the, its fair share of fans. But you walk into Tokyo Drift and, you know, kind of the expectations are super high just because of what those first two films were. And then you just kind of end up taking the franchise to new heights like yeah both literally and figuratively um so yeah i'm totally with you on on justin sung um uh, being our ultimate winners here mm-hmm. um like uh like anthony hopkins though at the oscars sung and justin are not here to accept their award so we'll just wrap <laughs> up the show there uh thanks again to lucas for joining us you know like brian o'connor we hope we earned your respect and that you'll keep listening to ew's binge of the fast saga when next week we're, we're, we're welcoming the aforementioned Justin Lin to talk Fast and Furious, the fourth film, not, not the whole franchise, which is a very confusing thing that we'll <laughs> yeah. make sure to grill him on because we need to figure out what, what happened there. Why, why did we <laughs> yeah, do that? Why? I feel like, I feel like there was a better name for the fourth film, uh, that wouldn't have, uh, just been as confusing to explain to people for the last 10 plus years. I feel like uh, he's got like a little justification now though, or a little vindication because of the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad <laughs> movie thing that's happening. That's fair. <laughs> and I, I, I wonder if this is the part of the reason they're pivoting to Saga as yeah. you know, they're calling it the Fast Saga instead of just Fast and Furious to really differentiate that, mm-hmm. that fourth film. So we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get answers from him on the next episode. In the meantime, please subscribe and listen along every week wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, tell us what you think, share it with your friends and family. You can find us on Twitter at Derek J. Lawrence or me at Chanel Berlin. Also head to EW.com for complete coverage of the Fast Saga and full episode transcripts. This episode was hosted and produced by Derek Lawrence and Chanel Berlin Johnson, produced, edited, and mixed by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Carly Usden and Shana Naomi Krokmal. Thanks for listening and until next time, Salud, mi podcast familia.